Welcome to The Girls' Room. I'm your host, Marissa Quintalmo. The Girls' Room is a safe space where we talk about all things uncomfortable, challenging, and oftentimes gross that come along with womanhood. Tune in every week for a new glamorous episode. Welcome back to The Girls' Room. Happy No Shame November. This month, we're having honest and real conversations completely judgment-free. Today, we have Caitlin here from Motherhood Truths on Instagram to talk about no shame and being an honest mama. So welcome, Caitlin. Hi. Can you tell us about yourself and your sweet little girl? Yes, um, I am 24. I just had a baby in June. Her name is Janie. And I pretty much am a stay-at-home mom. I do a little bit of part-time work just to get me out of the house. But that's pretty much my life these days. So it's pretty nuts. It's busy and <laughs> exciting and exhausting all at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so can you talk to us about the Instagram account that you started? Kind of like a similar to a blog, Motherhood Truths. What led you to create this account? So... I had this pregnancy and from very on, like very early, we knew that she was going to have a birth defect and I like made my personal account, like nobody knew and I wasn't sure if I was going to share it. And I was just like in the spot where I was like, I'm supposed to celebrate this and everybody looks so happy, but I guess I just have to do that. have to go along with that. And once she was here and I knew she was okay and it wasn't like such a hard conversation, I was like, all I see on Instagram is like these perfect moms right after birth, like in their beautiful, gorgeous houses. And it's not like that. Like <laughs> it wasn't like that for me. We had a 12 day NICU say, so that was, that was different. So I was in the city for, I drove to the city 12 days after I gave birth every single day. I didn't have like a postpartum, like rest period. I never got to sit on a couch. Like I did a lot of traveling right after she was born. Oh my goodness. But she's okay and healthy now, right? Yeah, she's great. Um, she got cleared by her surgeon. She had surgery on day five, um, after she was born. And he was like, this is like one of the best recoveries that we've seen from, um, she had an omphalocele. So what does that exactly mean? So her intestines, like her small bowel was out of her body so protruding out of her body when she was born so she had to have everything put back inside and they really range like you can have giant umbel seals that contains like multiple organs she just had small bowel so it was definitely an easier transition but it's all like we had no answers they they told us that she'd be in there for 30 days to six months so we had no idea so i was putting on this facade on my personal instagram like oh, everything's going to be okay. And we didn't know, like, we really didn't know what we were getting ourselves into. Wow. That must've been so terrifying to have to experience. It was nuts. Like I had weekly appointments. I went to the New York Presbyterian um, in the city. So I had to go down there every week. We got an ultrasound. It was cool. I got lots of pictures of her, (laughs) but it was not a normal, like, you know, first pregnancy, joyous, occasion it was very stressful and full of anxiety you know yeah I really applaud you for what you're doing now with your account though and how you're being so honest and you've shared this in even some of your posts on Instagram and I do think it's really interesting that you choose to use social media specifically Instagram for this type of content because like we kind of just talked about it's typically used for a highlight reel and all these perfect pretty pictures and we don't and stuff that we don't see behind the scenes 
Do you ever find it challenging to do this on social media as social media makes everybody's opinions and judgments so readily available to you? Yeah. And I think that's why I made the second account was because I didn't want my personal Instagram. Like I still wanted a, like a highlight reel, you know, like for me personally, but I still wanted to be out there like, but it's not all that. It's not all smiles and giggles and, you know, playing on the floor. It's hard. Like, and it's not even like, it's not the baby that makes it hard. You know, it's kind of like you were just going through such a huge transformation within yourself. And that's hard to really like digest on top of being a new mom. So I wanted to like, kind of take like real pictures of what really like we do throughout the day. You know, what her fallacy looked like, what, you know, she pooped on me one day that's on there. Like things like that, that like other mom, like it happens to other moms, but you know, you just see giggling and happiness. And it's like, some days you just have had enough and you're like, I have to put you down somewhere. <laughs> I love it. Like I really, the second I saw your account, I was like, I need, I need her on here. I need to talk about this. <laughs> like it is just so good. Like obviously I'm not a mother, but I feel like the posts are so relatable and they are so real. And I think that that's really important because we always see the happy motherhood stuff. And I think that it's really cool to see the real motherhood. Yeah. It's hard to like, so like we all have moms, right? And we mm -hmm. think they're superheroes. Like you never think of moms as real people. Like I look at my mom now and I'm like, you went through so much crap and none of us knew. Like she has four kids. Like none of us knew. We were just like, she's a mom. Like, but they're just, pe moms are just people. And <laughs> it's just so nuts. Like I look at her and I'm like, you probably think I'm perfect. <laughs> and I'm not. <laughs> I, I'm interested to see what it'll be like when they grow up. We didn't grow up with our moms posting on Facebook. Like that all started when we were like preteen teenagers. So I'm interested to see is like, she going to pull up my old Instagram posts when she's, you know, 17, 18 or when she's becoming a mom herself. Yeah. And I think that that's like really interesting that you just mentioned how our moms didn't post on Facebook and stuff like when we were kids. And I feel like even if they did, none of them really would have like said like the real and honest stuff because that's not how society was back then. It was like that right. if you're a mom, you had to be perfect and there was no exceptions. Like you had to be the right. selfless superhero of a woman when they might've been struggling inside, but not been able to show it. So I think it's really cool with our generation now that we are able to be real and we're able to be honest and live our full truths. Right. I was actually talking to my mom about you know, like postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety. And she's like, that wasn't a thing when you guys were born. Like, I mean, it, it was a thing, but nobody talked about it. Like exactly. you just put on a brave face and like, it's sad because some women really do struggle and there's like, you know, obviously tragedy cases, but she's like, it's so good that you guys can like talk to doctors now. Cause the doctor would be like, it's okay. Have your husband wake up to feed him. Like, that's not what it is. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Things like that just really got so swept under the rug. And I think it's really great that people are bringing more awareness to this now and talking about it and having these open conversations because it can help so many other women who are struggling. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely didn't, I didn't have like postpartum depression. I would say I struggled with the, like the anxiety, but I also had a lot going on. You know, she was in the NICU. When she did come home, there were so many things we had to look for. It made me definitely more on edge than I think a new mom I mean, not any new mom, but me personally would have been with like a typically healthy baby, you know, so 
but that's pretty much over. My fiance, he definitely struggles with like some postpartum anxiety. <laughs> he is like so careful with her still. Like, I'm like, she's not really that fragile anymore. <laughs> you can play with her. <laughs> I feel like it's so hard though. Like, that's such a scary thing to have to experience. And you have just such this precious life in front of you. Oh my gosh. And she's just so stinking cute. I can't. <laughs> yeah. So I think what it is, is I, I've talked to other moms about it too. It's moms are way more rough with their babies than dads are. Like, and I think that has to probably just do with like your intuition, like you just do what you know. Like, there's so many things that I do that he's like, how did you know how to do that? And I'm like, I don't really know. Like, <laughs> it just comes to you. And I think some, like, men struggle with that. You know, they just see this little like, tiny baby and um, they just want to be so gentle. And I'm like, you know, play with her. Like, you know, rough her up a little bit. <laughs> it's, like, so interesting, too, that you already have, like, that natural intuition. It's not like you knew anything from the past. Like you held her in your stomach for nine months, but like you just come out like knowing, like that's crazy to think about. Right. There's some things that you definitely know and there's some things you don't. I remember when we got her home and even now he'll ask me like, what, what should I do with this? Or like, and especially that first week of her being home, like, how do I do this? What should we do with this? Like he kept asking me questions and asking me questions and asking me questions. And I finally looked at him. I'm like, I don't know. I have absolutely no idea. I'm just guessing. <laughs> and he's like, what? And I'm like, that's what it is. Like, I'm just very confident in my guesses. <laughs> and that's something I think moms don't really talk about either. And it goes back to like, moms know best. And that's not true. Like, I think you do what you know, like you do what you think is right. You know, you're not always right in that situation, but that's what it is. Yeah. I think that your account really is so great. And another thing that I notice is like in the comments that you do have other moms and other people, friends and family supporting you and saying such nice things. And like, I just thought that that was really cool to see such a positive community because I feel like with mm -hmm. social media, there's so much negativity. There's so much judgment. There's so much opinions and hate and seeing mm -hmm. all this love and support was really special to see. Yeah. And it was funny because I noticed on on the blog account that I was getting, you know, more love than anything. But when I had Janie, I noticed on my personal account, I actually had a lot of unfollowers. Like I really? lost a, like probably like, I don't know, enough that I noticed. I don't really notice that much, but I did notice that I lost some. And I think that's just due to like, Oh, I'm just, I want to see babies on my page, which is fine. Like, I don't care, <laughs> whatever. But it's just funny how that works, you know, like, and I, I guess I have a good support system behind me for the most part. Like, I feel like some women really lose their support system after they have babies. Their friends don't, are not in that place or, you know, their, their family wasn't as ecstatic or just so many things happen. And I really had, like, I have an army behind me, which really helps. You know, I was, I was nervous about my friends. None of my friends are having babies yet. I'm kind of like the first out of my friend group, but they've stepped up. Like, it's so funny. They really stepped up. They come see her. They, they text me, they call me. They're like, can I FaceTime with the baby? I'm like, what about me? That's so great to hear though. Cause I have seen posts about that saying like, where did my friend group go? Where is my support system? And to hear that you still have that and that your friends are 
going the extra step and they're really stepping it up. Like that's a really freaking awesome. And that's how it should be. Mm-hmm. So I was so scared. I was like, I'm going to have no friends. Like my fiance, he's 10 years older than me. So a lot of his friends have children, you know, like they're mm-hmm. either starting their families or they have, you know, his best friend has three kids that are from five to 11. <laughs> so he kind of was already in that, like, dude, when are you going to have kids stage? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was kind of the opposite for me. And they're like, what's the rush, you know? And I'm like, it's all just a personal decision, especially these times. Like we're 24. I don't know how old your mom was when she started having kids. My mom was 20. Back then it was more acceptable to start your family younger. Now everybody wants to start your family, like live out your twenties, start in your thirties. And, um, I didn't want to do that from the beginning. I wanted to be a young mom, but I think whenever you choose to be a mom, it's fine, but it is hard with like changing your routines. Like it's, it's I can't go out to the bars anymore. I, I can't, you know, just come sleep over your house. And those are all things that my friends like to do still. So there's definitely a divide, but it, they, they make it so that I don't feel like that, you know? Yeah. So that's awesome. So another post that I want to reference here is one where you talked about learning to love and appreciate your body postpartum. So can you take us through that journey? Oh my God. It's so hard. It is so, so hard. There's days that I look in the mirror and I'm like, this sucks. Like this sucks so bad. I'm going to have these marks for the rest of my life. I should have waited till I was older to have kids. (laughs) So And then there's times that I look at it and I'm just like, so grateful, you know, like it's just so mixed feelings. Like some days are better than others. Like there's some clothes that I feel comfortable in some clothes and I'm like, I'll never be able to wear this again. (laughs) And that was a big transition was just clothing with, you know, like your postpartum body because the transition to become a mom, like, do I wear crop tops now? Do I wear short shorts, (laughs) like skinny jeans or, you know, whatever it may be. But I am like kind of indifferent about postpartum body. Like, like the mirror is very difficult. It is a difficult thing, but I just have so much thanks to my body for like giving me this like perfect little human that it makes it go away when you like think about it for me anyway. So I, I try to like give myself some affirmations and, you know, I do the cocoa bomb because I'm like full of stretch marks. I have stretch marks where I didn't even know stretch marks could exist. (laughs) I struggled with that because I didn't have any stretch marks until I turned like 37 weeks. And then they started like popping out. I thought I'd eat them. And stretch marks are all genetics. Like I should have known because my mom had stretch marks. So that was struggle. And everybody celebrates, you know, like the pregnancy body, like your bump and everybody's like, can I touch your bump? Can I do this? You look so cute. Like the bump is so cute. And then like 11 days after they're born, they're like, well, are you going to go to the gym? And it's like, no, (laughs) absolutely not. And one thing that really helped me with that was, um, I saw this post somewhere, probably like I have this group on Facebook. That's like June moms. And it said it took nine months for your body to like make this human, like give it nine months to just rest before you do anything sporadic. And that's what I'm really doing. Like I don't go to the gym. I don't work out. I don't really watch what I eat. I just, I eat what I want. I drink what I want. And that's what I'm going to do for the first nine months of my postpartum. Cause I feel like that just makes sense to me. 
nine months in, nine months out, and then we'll start, you know, watching what we're eating and going to the gym or whatever. I feel like it. (laughs) Yeah. I really loved that post and specifically how you talked about that people celebrate your pregnancy body and like how you said, they're like, oh, the bump's cute. You look great. Can I touch it? Things like that. And then right after, I feel like people just kind of expect like, okay, the baby's gone. You're just going to flatten out. Like that's not how it works. And I really thought that that post was so special and really like, I even felt something from it and I haven't even experienced that. I thought that that was just so important and really great. So I really commend you on doing that because I'm sure that wasn't easy for you to do. And really it was incredible. So again, I applaud you for that. Yeah. I mean, and also like postpartum, your body, like if you do have any self-consciousness, like it really like affects your relationship too, because it's like, you know, I'm like, oh, I want this to be gone or this or that. And Brandon is amazing in the way that he's just like, you just had a baby, like relax, (laughs) you know? And like, these stretch marks are never going to go away. And he's like, and you had a baby, (laughs) like, like the overall gift of what your body gives you is so much better than any mark or any amount of weight that you gained or whatever it may be. Wow. That's so special. And really it is amazing how much our bodies are capable of, like you just created a full human. Yeah. It's nuts. It's literally like, sometimes I look at her, even now she's four months old. I'm like, you were inside of me. Like, <laughs> like that is so weird. It's so weird. You're like a little alien. Like, I don't know how it happens. It's so weird. I, I, I like, it freaks me out sometimes to even think about <laughs> like pregnancy is not this like, beautiful thing like sometimes you're like I don't want to be pregnant like I don't want to feel you move I don't like it's you have no control over it and it's you lose control of your body I think is what it was for me is that I just couldn't I was like I don't like that there's something in there that I can't control that makes sense yeah nobody really talks about that either is like of course I was happy to be pregnant but once I could feel her move around I'm like I just didn't like losing the control of my body. I hated that. That was one thing I hated about pregnancy. I'm a very, I'm a, like, I'm pretty much a control freak about certain things. And that was one of them. I was like, I hated it. Yeah. And I think that that's important that you talk about things like that too, because like you said, mm-hmm. people don't talk about that. They're just like, okay, I'm pregnant. This is great. Yada, yada, yada. And I'm sure other people feel like that and they don't yeah. say a word. Like they just, have these like and that goes back to postpartum depression and anxiety Mm -hmm. these intrusive thoughts that come and like you feel like I'm a bad mom because I don't like feeling you move and it's like it's not that I did enjoy feeling her move but like there was just certain times I'm like can you chill like (laughs) turn off (laughs) and it's okay to have those thoughts it's just like being able to get help and talk about it Mm -hmm. Do you ever feel a lot of pressure with the phrase and term bad mom? Like, I feel like that term gets thrown around a lot. Do you feel any sort of pressure? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, When I first brought her home, like, I was like, nobody can watch her. Like, not my mom, not your mom, not my sister, not your sister. Like, nobody's babysitting. Like, we will never go out again. (laughs) And, um... It was like that for probably the first month and a half. And like grandmas are so excited. They're like, you know, let me watch her, go get some rest. And it's not 
necessarily that I thought other people would call me a bad mom. I think there's this pressure you put on yourself really more than anything that I don't want to be a bad mom. I want to do it all. And you can't do it all. Like it really does take a village. Like that's such so corny to say, but it's like, it really does. It makes sense why like people have communities and once you have a baby, you realize that, but I'm much more apt to like call my mom. Hey, I want to get my hair done. Can you wash a baby? <laughs> or, and that's why I went back to work actually was cause I was like, I need to get away from her because it's making me think that I'm a bad mom. Like, because you know, I don't want anybody to watch her other than me. And it's putting all this pressure on me and I need to get back. So I just go two days a week. And I think some people at work, even they're like, what are you doing here? Go home and have your baby. And I'm like, just shut up. <laughs> yeah. I don't need to do that right now. Thank you. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think for me anyway, I put way more pressure on the bad mom stereotype than, um, I think anybody else does. You have all this pressure. Like you want to be a good mom. You want to do the good things. I could not breast. So that's like one thing I could not breastfeed her. So because of the unfallacial, um, they wanted to know exactly what she was intaking. So I couldn't breastfeed, but they did want her to have breast milk. So I was pumping and she was in the NICU in the city. So when you pump, they wanted me to pump every two hours for 20 minutes. And it's like, it is a whole, like, it's like a whole scenario, you know, like you have to bring your pump everywhere. You have to, you know, have clean parts and soap and, you know, all this stuff with you. And so that was really difficult, but I did pump for the first month, but it just ended up not being enough for her. And then once she was ready to start breastfeeding, she wasn't taking to the breast because she was already bottle fed. And that made me feel like a bad mom, you know, like I was like, this is supposed to be natural. This is supposed to be what I'm supposed to do. So once we started formula feeding, it took about a week for me to feel better about it, but I definitely felt like a bad mom. Like I, like there's just all this expectation that you put upon yourself really. And, um, but now I love it. Now I have like a little baby, um, Keurig. It makes my formula bottles for me. I just press a button. Boom. It's done. <laughs> and it makes night feeds much easier and she's happy with it. So it is what it is. You know, it's just, it's a blink of an eye type of thing. Like once it's over, once you get that out of your head, that the bad mom thing, you're good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And then all that really matters is that she's happy and healthy, that you're happy and healthy. Like that's, what's important here. So that's working for you guys then that's good and I think that that kind of goes back to your post about like breaking the quote-unquote rules and how you said like whose rule really is this like if it's working for me and it's working for our family then right why should it matter to anybody else yeah there's been so many things now that I think about it that it's like you know that post she woke up at 3 a.m I tried everything to put her down like a bottle I changed her diaper I changed her pajamas I <laughs> rocked her. I sang to her. I did everything. I sat in a dark room and she's just sitting there and laughing at me. Like she's having a great time. Like she wasn't fussy. <laughs> she was not crying. And I was just like, I guess we're going to go play. Like that's the only option I really have here. So yeah, I, I just celebrate her being little, you know, like 
we are only gonna have a four month old for one month <laughs> and then she'll never be four months old again. And I just wanna, every moment that I can, I wanna soak up. And so if the rules are that she has to go to sleep at 3 a.m., I'm not following them. <laughs> I love it. And I love that mindset of like that you're really just celebrating and soaking in all the moments while you can. Yeah, definitely. And that's one thing I do have to thank like Instagram for and Facebook for is like, you know, we have a place to put all these memories and like, it's a safe place to put them as long as the websites don't get like taken down. Mm -hmm. But you know, like how many people have lost pictures of themselves when they were little or this or that. And at least that way, you have like a documentation of some moments, you know, I always think that I'm like always backing up my phone, always like printing pictures. Cause I'm terrified. My phone is going to self-destruct with all of her baby photos in it. Yeah. I think that that is really special and really great. And like the fact that you're talking about in your posts, like memories and things that are happening, like how you posted the other day, how she had her first food for the first time. Like those are such really cool and special things that she's going to be able to look back on one time in her life. Yeah. And that's something like, so when we were young they had video cameras, you know, like, like no phones, video cameras. So I have all of these like home videos from when I was a kid. It's so funny. I'm like, I always think back, like, how is she going to see that? You know, like, mm -hmm. is it, it's so funny. We have to plug it into a VCR. She's going to be like on her phone. Like, can you send me that video of when I was four months old eating my first strawberry? <laughs> can you airdrop that to me, mom? <laughs> yeah. And by then it'll probably be like telepathic or something. I don't even know. It's so crazy. We always think that too. We see other babies. We're like, oh my God, that could be Janie's future best friend or like, or her boyfriend. Ew, get away. <laughs> It really is so special and she's so beautiful and I'm so happy that she's happy and healthy and that you're Thank happy you. and healthy as well. Like watching you. your pregnancy throughout. Well, not, okay. That sounds kind of creepy. Seeing your updates like on Instagram and on Facebook, like it was so amazing to see and really you're doing amazing. So I'm really happy for you. Thank you. We are really enjoying it. <laughs> is there any final advice or any last words that you would like to leave with us today? I guess just, it's so hard not to like listen to social media, like expectations, you know, like, oh, you have to get up and brush your hair every day. And it doesn't happen. I do not brush my hair every day. I'm taking care of a four month old. I am maintaining a house and it's just, you know, it gets lost. So there's, it's okay to like have failures, you know, and it's okay to talk about having failures or just being overwhelmed, you know? It's not a highlight reel. There's so much more to it. And you should even celebrate failures and celebrate things that you struggle with because you're only going to struggle with them for so long and then they're going to be successes. So it's important to like go back to those moments and not forget them. And that's what I think I started that Instagram page is when I'm feeling like so overwhelmed, I can look back and say, well, I was overwhelmed then too. And now it's over. <laughs> that part is over. <laughs> celebrate the failures, I think is pretty much why I, my motto right now is celebrate them. Well, thank you so much. I think that that was amazing. And shout out to all moms out there. You guys are doing amazing, whether you know it or not, you really are. So I really appreciate you coming on here today and starting your platform and being honest and being real. I think that that is so important in life and we need, we need that. 
Thank you. I'm still nervous, but we did it. <laughs> and you did amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Be sure to follow Caitlin at mother.hood.truths on Instagram to follow along her motherhood journey. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of The Girls Room. Don't forget to subscribe, leave me a review, and follow me on Instagram at thegirlsroom underscore pod. See you next week for an all-new episode.